This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's Baroni, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson! Oh, yes! Back of the nest! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I'm joined by Sam Heskiff and Mike Scott to look back at the loss against Manchester United and ahead to our trip to Burnley on Saturday. Before all that, we talk Thank the Boar getting up to old tricks in Atlanta and Mamadou Sacco setting an example to some Palace fans that have been letting us down of late. When people now ask me if I like football, I say yes, I do like football, but not Burnley. Burnley can fuck off. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast www.backofthenest.com Hi all, Stephen Hawking here, talking to you from beyond the grave. Most people know me as a legendary physicist and general awesome guy, but few people know I am also a hardcore Palace fan. And that's why I'm looking forward to hearing Chris, DR, Patrick and Mike discuss the Burn game. They'll be reviewing the match for your listening pleasure on Sunday, and you'll be able to get the podcast from your usual pod platform from Sunday evening. I'm off now to enjoy the peace and tranquility that only death can truly offer. Peace out. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com It's almost no contact with the player himself and now here's MacArthur 30 yards shooting deflected in Crystal Palace take the lead it's Midship Atchewai Gray is up there nodded down could come to the edge of the box and Barnes drives it in from an angle and it's turned in Johnny Evans with an equaliser MacArthur left-footed swings in the cross. Zaha far post. He scored. And Crystal Palace have a penalty with 10 minutes to go. 12 yards out. Runs up right-footed. Sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. And Crystal Palace lead by three goals to one. 
Here come Crystal Palace on the counter-attack. Ayu is threading it through to Zaha, in on goal. Zaha into the penalty area, and he makes it four! Commentary there from our victory over Leicester on the weekend. Um, we won't just acknowledge the Manchester United game just yet. And of course, Leicester was the first game I've missed this season. And in typical fashion, we spanked four goals past the Foxes. Um, our tally getting very, very high against Leicester in recent seasons. Um, I waffle on. Uh, welcome, Heskiff. Thanks for joining tonight. Thanks as ever. Great to be here. And Albert's on holiday yet again and next week as well. So um, ably filling in is Mike Scott. Ably indeed. <laughs> yeah, absolute pleasure. Yeah, and, um, me and Mike had a couple of beers before the game last night. So um, we are certainly uh, good luck charms when we do that together. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think how many other games we lost when we've had a beer before the game. Yeah, probably all of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, one thing that I did notice on the review show was um, you complaining about your local offie. So um, let's start with this. Damn, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm going to leave you three to it, man. So Mike, you um, your local offie stopped selling cans of Holston for more expensive, smaller bottles of Holston. So what, what are you drinking? Yeah, I mean, that's really disappointing. I've not got over that. In fact, as a knock-on, <laughs> as a knock-on, I'm drinking the dregs from my fridge of stuff that I haven't bought. So, you know, I've got plenty of my own beers, but I, was, I wanted to get through the random rubbish that people have left in my flat. So I'm drinking a Brooklyn lager at the moment, but I, re I really, I can't, I can't see the fuss. I can't see why all these hipsters love it. It's, it's not lager and it's not particularly nice. It's probably right up your street, but... Well, I, um, 2003, I guess, I went to um, the 21st birthday of uh, the daughter of the guy that owns Brooklyn Brewery when it was just a tiny brewery in a really, really run-down part of Brooklyn. And um, a lot, a lot's changed in the last uh, 16 years or so. Um, did, did they start off calling it Brooklyn, even though they were a tiny little bit, or did it essentially become Brooklyn like, after a while? um what the brewery yeah like did they, did no, it was, they it was always name? no it was always called brooklyn brewery it's a bit arrogant isn't it well that if you ever went to brooklyn sort of from the late 90s into the early 2000s there wasn't much there it's not like it is now with with dumbo oh, okay. down under the manhattan bridge and all that stuff it's um it's changed it's changed a lot but um it was open tap and brilliant um i will say that i wasn't dating the, the 21 year old girl yeah. <laughs> well the, the last thing i've got to say on Last thing I've got to say on booze is um, there is a Krabby's uh, ginger beer and stout sitting in the in the fridge that I haven't had the guts yet oh, to drink. Love a Krabby's um, ginger beer. Ha yeah, half half Krabby's, half oh. stout. Oh, I thought you were yeah. talking about two separate yeah, drinks. No, no. It, apparently, they've done a mix up. Yeah. Well, I think you should save that for next week's pod, and um, we can have a live tasting. And how how's the Modelo, Hesketh? Ha. I'm actually, I'm going Scandi today. Um, I've got a Tuborg. Oh. Which is all right. Again, as per, it was on offer. You want to come down the offie near me, Mike? Everything's on offer all the time. I do love a Tuborg. Mm. It's quite nice. I must say, actually, before before we move on, Albert has started taking the piss now. He's booking leave. He's, he's messaging us saying, listen... I'm booking my leaving for the next two weeks. Uh, figure it out. I'll see you. I'll see you next month. I don't. I don't remember signing it off either. I'm sure there's a process for these things. It's a disgrace. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm um, drinking a 
PG Borg. <laughs> um, after drinking several pints at last night's game, I've had a rotten hangover all day. So, and 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 there's no beers in the fridge as well. So sorry to disappoint everyone. Um, someone else who's inevitably going to disappoint is Frank Labore at Atlanta. Uh, Mike, you pointed out on the review show about losing his opening game three uh, one by forcing them to play three four three with a centre midfielder at um, right centre back as he did with Luka Milivojevic. But um, today, it's, it's just like he's just following the same, the exact same pathway that he did at Palace. Um, Heskiff, he's buried a free kick in training in front of all the other players. Yeah, just he, he can't stop himself. He, he's got to show everyone he's still got the techers. Um, <laughs> I didn't see the video of the Atlanta one, but I wonder if all of the players are just stood there just like, doing wanker signs behind his back. <laughs> well, I've just taken to just basically every time Atlanta tweet about him now, I just tweet him the um, the meme of the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. But, and that's just basically what I'm going to do every time because <laughs> it's just like the same process is going on over and over. They've got to learn. They've got to learn. Yeah. It, They'll get used to do you it. Know, do you know it feels a little bit a mirror image of um, what Newcastle fans are saying to us about Pardew? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. But he did take us to an FA Cup final, so it wasn't all bad under Pardew, we must remember. Um, Mamadou Sacco, uh, well, I think we'll touch on quickly, out, out for the season. Heskiff, this is, this is pretty bad news, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if it's, I don't know if it's 100% been confirmed, but if Fifield saying it, I usually take that as gospel. Mm. Uh, and it's a, yeah, it's a massive blow. Um, he's, I think he's, he's probably the best defender we've got. He's such an important player helps set up so much as well as, you know, be, stop, stop attacks from the opposition. And just when you started thinking, you know, we get both centre-backs fit for most of the season that happens. So, mm. it, it, you know, I think we, we mentioned, we touched on the last show that it's good to see Dan and Kelly fit and able, but yeah, I think, I think Mama is um, a step above in terms of quality. So it's a big miss. Yeah, it's amazing that um, they always say that defenders get nosebleeds when they get too high up the pitch. Um, Sacco got high up the pitch against Leicester and blew out his knee for the season. So it's not too clever. But he was um, he was enjoying his time off the field, wasn't he, Mike, with um, a rousing rendition of Tra-la-la-la-la-la Crystal Palace. Uh, well, I did see the um, the picture that got him in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, I can't really blame It's only aging out for the time at Liverpool where he did the, the weird handshake with Benteco. I can't really blame him. He's having a laugh. Yeah, so... Walking around with quality sunglasses on. Yeah, but, yeah obviously you referenced there the picture with him having a selfie with a Manchester United team. I mean, it... it it all started with him talking to Paul Pogba, and you. I just imagine from their France um, playing time together that they're they're good friends or something. So, I mean, I'm I'm not reading too much into it. You know, you're just someone who's having a picture taken with some of his mates. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not. Some people were going livid on Twitter. Absolutely livid. I, I couldn't I couldn't see why personally, but no. I mean, like let's say he's posting videos on Instagram during the match where he's singing along with a crowd. You know, I don't think there's any doubts that he's behind the calls at Crystal Palace and so on. Um, so no, I've I've got no real problems with it. Um, I can't see him leaving us for Manchester United. So it's never going to be the same way around as what he did with Benteke at Liverpool, is it? So <laughs> there you go. But um, another thing that came out of the game, but on a bit of a sour note, really, is obviously the video of a Palace fan doing Munich air crash disasters type gestures towards Manchester United fans and 
pretty scummy behaviour, but it's um, hot on the coattails of you uh, experiencing something similar at Leicester, Heskiff. Yeah, it's it's a horrible thing to be talking about um, hearing other Palace fans um, say things like this. And, you know, I'm sure we all like to think that Palace fans are, are all nice people and good for a laugh and that, but obviously every club has a, a few sort of tossers. Um, but yeah, just behind us at, at the Leicester game, there was a couple of people who were singing song random songs about uh, their chairman dying, which was completely, I mean, not that it would ever come out anyway, it was completely unprovoked, you know, Leicester and nothing to Palace, Palace and nothing to Leicester. Um, and this sort of came out when Leicester was singing about winning the league. So it's just completely pointless. And I don't know whether they were doing this to try and get a reaction from people around them, whether they were trying to be funny, whether they were trying to be hard. But it's, there's no place in it. You know, it carried on with some homophobic stuff as well, um, which happened at the time that there was a football versus homophobia um, sort of message on the, on the big screen at the stadium. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible to hear. It's really disappointing. Um, and yeah, there's no place for that. And it, you know, it, it, it really, it pisses me off a lot that, you know, you come to Palace, which is a very inclusive club, I think, community wise and with the fans and to hear that or to see the gestures like, like those that were made yesterday at the Man United game is just, it's just awful. And, you know, it's not, it's not something that I would ever want to experience at any club, let alone my own. So um, yeah, ang- angry and disappointed for sure. Exactly. Be be more like Mama. Sing along, support the team, and um, leave leave your opinions at home. Just get behind the team when you're at a football match. We must do better. Right. We'll be back after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, so this is um, an unusual one for me, doing the review this week. Um, Mike, I should—I almost feel like I should just hand over to you here. No, no, I do enough reviewing. You, you take the lead. <laughs> I'll make the odd comment, pretend I'm listening. <laughs> right, we'll start with um, the team then. So we lined up exactly the same as we did at Leicester, but obviously the enforced change was that Kelly came in for Mamelu Sacco. Heskiff, was you... Surprised that it was Kelly over Dan. Um, suggestions seem to be that Kelly passed a late fitness test and um, that got him in ahead of Scott Dan, who, I don't know, I guess arguably some people pointing out to him holding his knee at Doncaster, so perhaps he's not all the way there. But do you think Roy firmly, firmly sees Kelly as the third choice now behind uh, Sacco and Topkins? Well, it seems that way from, from yesterday's team. I sort of flip-flop between it a bit because... Um, I mentioned last time that I thought Dan would be picked ahead of Kelly. And then we say maybe, you know, Kelly's a little bit more fit. But then Dan came on um, mm. against Leicester. So I thought, right, well, he'll he'll get picked, especially with Kelly having a fitness there. So it's a bit weird to see Kelly in the team. Um, I like both of them. So, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I assumed that Scott Dan would get the nod um, just because he was, yeah, as I say, he came on against Leicester and was... This time was the one who was a bit bit more fit. Yeah, and um, Mike, how do you how do you feel like Kelly done in the game last night? Yeah, I thought he did all right. I mean, in, in terms of um, him or Dan, it certainly seemed earlier in the season that Hodgson was sort of slightly more. You know, Kelly seemed to be his, his go to man, um, and then you know with Dan getting injured, it's sort of the decision was made for him. 
Um, but I think he, he just sort of, he backs him as a man that doesn't let him down. Um, and I'm not sure he's he's seen enough of Dan since he's come back from injury to to, to sort of take a punt on him. Um, Ke- Kelly does, the, uh, he does it every game, you know, it's a solid seven out of 10. Um, you can't really, you can't really say he was at fault for anything in the same way as we'll probably get onto Schlupp. Um, yeah, he did exactly what you'd expect of him, I guess, didn't he? Yeah, lovely clumping challenge on someone on the edge of the box as well. Um, probably probably <laughs> lucky to get away. It was probably one of those ones that was somewhere between a yellow card and a red card because he definitely had um, two feet dangerously approaching a player's legs. So, um, But, you know, we'll, we'll take that on any Manchester United player. Uh, you, t- you touched on Schlupp there. Um, for me, a very, very bizarre performance with Jeffy Sharp. Um, he seems to be become the scapegoat again on, on social media and everyone laying into him. But I don't know how I feel about his performance. I thought when he was in centre midfield, particularly, I thought he had a decent game um, in there, uh, battled around in there well, drove us forward at times, obviously ended up getting the assist for the goal as well. And I thought he had a really decent performance in the main. But Heskiff, I suppose you could also argue on the other hand that um, he was at fault for all three goals. Yeah, it, it is a weird one. And I think that um, something that you see a lot, especially on social media and like the BBS and that is uh, people's tend to be all or nothing. So he was either brilliant or he was shit. And like you, I thought he was all right. I thought he was good at some stuff, not good at others. Um, he actually won a surprising amount of headers in the middle. He can definitely get um, up. He's, he's got a good leap on him. And there's, when there's a lack of Kiate on the field, um, and before Kiate even arrived at the club, it was definitely the goalkeeper was aiming for Schlupp to win that header when the goal kicks went long. Yeah, and, and that was noticeable, especially when they got someone like Pogba in the middle, um, who's not a small boy. Um, so so that was good. And like you say, he, he, he did drive the ball forward quite well. And the cross for Ward's goal was was very, very good. Um, but his defending just leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I mentioned to you guys before we started recording that my mate said uh, early on when Lukaku hit the, hit the ball over from about 10 yards or whatever, before the corner came in, my mate said, why the hell is Schlupp marking Lukaku? And about a second later, when Lukaku was completely on his own, missing a more or less open goal, he was like, well, I suppose he wasn't. Mm. Um, so, and you know, my... my I guess my issue with Jeff with Jeffrey Sharp is he his positional I feel that his positional awareness is not great. He seems to be quite good at pointing at the space where I think he should be. Now I'm not a professional footballer, obviously, and if he's told to be somewhere, then fine. Um, but it becomes a lot more apparent when he gets put a left back, as he did at the end of the game there, where there's just acres and acres of space because he's not over where he should be. Mm. Um so yeah, I think there's ups and downs and, and he yeah, he wasn't awful and he wasn't brilliant. And I know that I've not been his biggest fan, but I certainly acknowledge his form of late has been has been really good. Probably the best spell that he's had since he's been here, I reckon. Yeah. Um but I think yeah, I think it's important not to be too high you know, go go too much into hyperbole and say either he was world beating or he's the worst player ever. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about his positional play because it, I wonder if it's been the reason why his form has been so good and why he's actually started to catch the eye of some Palace fans since he's been moved into centre midfield is that when you've got MacArthur and Luka Milivojevic in there with you, there's far much, far less positional mistakes he can make because he has to cover 
a very, very set area of the field. And then he has two very willing people next to him who uh, will bow you out of your mistakes. But when you're at left back and then you've got Wilfred Zaha in front of you, um, you're going to be a lot more exposed down that side, which, um, you know, obviously happened for the United um, third goal. But I think that was also, you know, United had switched to five at the back. And um, we were pushing for the game and they just deliberately tried to create that overload, which um, I won't get too much into it, but it's obviously another thing that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is doing, <laughs> signs that he's doing quite a good job there at the moment. Um, quite the opposite to the one he did at Cardiff. Um, Mike, marking Lukaku from corners though. I mean, Hodgson talked about um, the problems we had with them being a very, very big physical side. Even now Fellaini's gone, they've still got giants in there with, with obviously Smalling, Lindelof, Pogba all tall. So it was kind of just by default that he was on Lukaku. You're spot on about the size difference. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't seen Lukaku much in the flesh before. I didn't realise what a beast of a man he actually is. And if we say that Schlupp was partly responsible for all three goals, um, I would say that it was his parents that were responsible for the second one because he was just wasn't <laughs> tall enough to actually get the ball. It just bounced over his head. Um, so, yeah, it's a, not a lot he could do about that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't really see... You can't you can't mark everyone if some of your players are f- five foot six or whatever, although apparently Schlupp is five foot 11. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> believe that for a minute. But, um, you know, we, we, don't have the, we don't have the largest size. Um, Dan might have helped if he was playing, but... Um, I'm sure everyone's got that problem against United this season. It's, 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 it's not just not just us. And just just to say a bit more about the positional play, um, you're spot on to say that since he's been moved into midfield, it's something that hasn't been magnified anywhere near as much. Um, he doesn't have to do the same amount of positional play if he's just covering um, in front of defence. And I think that suits him a lot more. And hopefully yesterday's um, trial to sticking back in the back four will be sort of proof to Hodgson mm. that he, he doesn't need to do that anymore because it, it did not work. Yeah, and that's, you're right. And I think what uh, Jeff Schlapp has then been very good at doing um, is recognising when to burst into the space and when to drive forward with a ball. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, that's what he's done best throughout his career, being a winger and stuff. So he's doing the defence's current well. He's kind of meshed all the parts of his game together and it's actually turned out a half-decent centre midfielder. But um you know, it's it's also a strange one though with you know lack of massive lack of height, um, and obviously going up against such a big side. You know, Kiarty's on the bench and he's a very very tall guy, so maybe we missed the trick not having him in there. But um, but he was on the bench, and that's somewhere where Roy looked to for all three substitutions. One of the rare occasions that he does that. Um, we'll start with <laughs> a thumbs up on the first one. So Heskin, Max Meyer certainly changed the game and gave us some impetus when he came on. He's he's such a good player. Um, I, I know a lot of people probably think the same as me in that you know he needs to be starting home games. Um, I sort of understand a little more away games where he can come on, but for home games, every time he comes on as a sub, he makes a real impact. And the way he links up with Wilf, that you know they're always you know looking for each other when when they're on the pitch, and it just makes such a big difference. Um, and I know that Roy, we've discussed it many many times that Roy is you know loyal slash stubborn with his team selection but he's got to see what Mike can offer and considering how bad our home form is I think only Huddersfield are worse than us at home this season I mean that's because they're shit (laughs) so he you know it again he came on and he's playing you know 
there's some good players in that Man United team, depleted or or otherwise, in inverted commas. Um, and for him to stand out as as well as he did, I mean, it's got to underline why he should be starting home games at the very least. Yeah, Mike. Um... The way I've always admired the way that since he's been here, Meyer and Will seem to just be on the same wavelength all the time. And when they when they're linking up on a, on a different level to any any other players in our team, it just seems to bring something out in Will that it, it, no one else seems to bring out. Um, there was a, a beautiful move um, yesterday that it just seemed like Will just sort of spots Meyer's runs in in a way that. That doesn't seem to link up with any other player. Um, so it was nice to see him get half an hour. Uh, I thought it, I thought MacArthur had an all right game personally. I know some people said he he seemed a bit lost, but I thought it was a, a bit harsh. But you know you, you can't fit everyone in, so it was good to see him get a, a thirty minute stint. But all it's done is underline all the points that everyone's been moaning on about for months and months and months now. That as soon as he comes on, we look more likely. So. Um, there's no point going over it again because we discussed it to death on here and the review pods, but there's not a lot else you can say, is there really? No, exactly. But kind of the way he plays with Maya, talking about Wilf now, is it kind of makes me want to not, I don't want him to leave Crystal Palace, obviously, but you know, for him to go to a big team and play with, you know, a lot of very high quality players to see what it would bring out. I mean, he'd certainly move to the next level and, um, become a far better player for it but yeah um, you're right you're right but but at the same time i don't ever want him to leave and want him to still be doing it at 38 in a palace shirt so <laughs> mind you saying that i can just about walk at 36 so i don't know that's um, all right we'll sign are you permanently and that'll be fine that's a like for like replacement that's good <laughs> um and then obviously we scored the goal pulled one pulled one back through joel ward um and we've already talked about it being a very good cross from Jeff Schlupp. And it did feel like at that point, you know, the, the stadium was absolutely rocking. And it did feel like we were going to get back into the game or get something out of the game. But Heskiff, the Ben Teke substitution for Batshuayi just sort of killed the momentum. Well, f- first of all, I want to say uh, a big shout out to Joel Ward for a diving header goal. Never see them anymore. Um, used to love those in the early 90s. Chris Armstrong scored a couple of bang in. Diving headers, that was good. Um, yeah, the Benteke substitution. I mean, I don't, I don't think that Batshuayi had done huge amounts. Um, and I was, I mean, I suppose I was a little surprised. In a way, you think you might as well just chuck both of them on, and because we were in the ascendancy, and we were, yeah. I mean, up until they scored the third, I thought we were the dominating team, really. Um, I don't know. It's t- it's tough. I mean, there was a very scathing review from our mate Miserable Dave after the game, who does not like either Batshuayi or Benteke. So um, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it was a. I really, I still really, really want Benteke to do well. So I'm always trying to find the positives in his performances. Now, obviously, last night there wasn't any because <laughs> he didn't really do anything. <laughs> so I suppose in that sense, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a bit of a weird changer, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think Batshuayi done huge amounts during the game, to be honest myself. Yeah, it just felt like to me, Mike, it, it was calling out for just the extra body up there to 
put the extra pressure on United and see how they stood up against it. Because like I say, with the crowd, the crowd in full swing, it just felt like, you know, take a man out the middle, stick Benteke out front, get balls into Benteke and see what batch I can do off him. And then, you know, see how Smalling and Lindelof held up, but just Benteke, we couldn't get the ball to him. And then Man United just continues to get a grip into yeah, the game. I would have said more likely it was another game where we, you know, chances were at a premium. Um, there wasn't, there was periods in the game where we didn't necessarily create that much. Um, so it was counter-attacking football and and quite fast breaks. So it kind of bypassed them again in the same way as it did for long periods at Leicester. Um, so I personally would have maybe thought about giving Bakary Sacco a, a quick run around, see if he could cause some havoc, you know, give give United a bit of the Fellaini medicine back at them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, obviously you're right. Benteke for back strides, this is another sort of slightly pointless substitution. I think he's just trying to keep people happy. Um, one other thing, if anyone has an excellent picture they took, if they were, if they were there yesterday and they took a picture of Joel Ward's mid-diving header um, and they won it at us um, on Twitter, that would be amazing. I, I want it for my wall. You know, just, just right... As he's diving, both feet off the ground, that'll be absolutely lovely. Get that, get that signed. Yeah, that's, um, you know, Heskiff talks of diving headers being yeah. a dying art and um, slide tacking is a bit of a dying art. So our, our two right backs are um, harking back to the good old 90s and trying to keep them alive. So fair play to them for that. Um, and then obviously the uh, Patrick van Arnholt for Kiarte substitution immediately resulted in the United goal almost within a minute, wasn't it? Um with Schlupp just sort of getting a bit lost at left back and leaving the space for Ashley Young. And um, the game was put to bed and another frustrating evening against Manchester United was capped. Um, probably all about summed up Heskiff by Martin Atkinson randomly deciding to give a foul on De Gea when it was his own player that touched him and, um, you know, stopped Joel. Was it Joel Wald from having a second goal? <laughs> it was Joel Wald, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's Joel Mars at that point. Um, I used to think Atkinson was actually a decent a decent ref. Uh, I don't suppose <laughs> any of them are now, but yet yesterday there was a couple of. I mean, that was ridiculous. It was a Man United player that bundled into his own goalie and he gave a foul. Um, but it was it was when Luca was down holding his head. Um, Atkinson let play go on. Ended up giving Manu a free kick, which whatever. But then he looked back and Luca was still on the ground holding his head, and instead of going back and checking on him and getting the trainer on, which I, I thought you had to do if it was a head injury. Um, he just marked out the wall. So that pissed me off a little yeah, bit. I wonder if, um, I think Luca was playing up to it a bit there and he might have known it. So I think... <laughs> I think he probably was, but I, you, you can't take a chance. Let's dig out the referee. <laughs> and um, I, he also annoyed me for not booking Sanchez for diving after twice telling him to get up. And um, one of them, there certainly wasn't contact. So it was a bit... Um, a bit annoying because I felt like Sanchez because was probably walking a bit of a tightrope in that game or should have been but wasn't and um, but mind you saying that he's an absolute shadow of his former self um, with the exception of Fred and Sanchez I thought Man United were largely brilliant and you know <laughs> the Pogba of um, Mourinho's days is is long gone and he was an absolute beast and it was you know we all got we all bought into the theory, I guess, that, you know, a depleted May United side might be a bit of a pushover, but they they certainly weren't. And, you know, they're a team that's in great form. Um, we were in decent form ourselves, but, you know, 
they've taken the three points and as they probably will forever do forevermore against us because we'll just never beat them or or should we get some revenge in a cup final let's um see how that goes but now we're going to go into some four word reviews rob palmer maya 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 richard tate lukaku is our bogeyman Paul at CPSC CHW can't stand Manchester United. Alan Dunn, poor tactics cost us. Laurie Scott, defence let us down. James McGee, can we attack please? Ian Groom, great effort, soft goals. Ken Kingston, great name Ken. Too much respect shown. Sounds like a jungle DJ or MC or something, amazing name. And finally, Jason Babin, Negative tactics really suck. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Back to MacArthur. He digs a cross out. It's a really dangerous one. Oh, he hits the post. Oh, and somehow it's ended up in the back of the net. Nothing wrong with that ball into Townsend. It's Andros Townsend, oh, what a goal! Palace's second goal has taken its time to come, but it was well worth the wait. A net buster from Andros Townsend. Commentary there from the game against Burnley at Sellers Park earlier this season where James MacArthur scored a cross. And, um, well, Andros Townsend, uh, Mike, scored what we thought would be the Palace goal of the season. Yeah, it turns out it's not even his goal, goal of the season. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Yep, and um, I mean, after losing to United, obviously we had the chance to stretch away, get away from the relegation zone a bit more there. Obviously, we've still got a little bit of a buffer, um, but Heskiff Burnley have Burnley have picked up of late. So, um, with that in mind, what 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 do you do? Do you start with the same eleven that we've seen in the last two games? Obviously, with the exception of Kelly coming in, or do you mix it up for the away game at Turf Moor? Well, I reckon I reckon he'll keep it the same. Um, I actually don't know what Wambasaka's injury status is. Uh, I'm assuming he's not going to be fit. Um, so I think I think we'll all keep it the same, um, which I can sort of understand. Like I say, we we won four one away the last time we we used that team, so I can understand it. Um, but I think it's been a tough game because Burnley are in. Um, I think they, they they may have lost to Newcastle recently, but they've been in pretty good form. Obviously, beat Tottenham. Uh, at the weekend and their strikers are, are scoring goals for fun at the moment. So 
yeah, I, I think we'll keep it the same, but it's going to be a very tough one. Um, and we're going to have to be very disciplined, I think. Yeah, I think there was something along the lines of eight unbeaten with five wins since Boxing Day, which was the best form they'd been in since 1966. Um, I assume that means in the top flight uh, because I'm sure they've gone eight games unbeaten in the championship and whatnot. But um, Mike, do you think there's an argument for Kiate to be thrown in the middle to give ourselves a bit more physical presence against, uh, again, another very physical team? Well, just before I get onto that, um, just looking at their stats now, since the 30th of December, they've played 11 games. They've won six of them, drawn three and lost two, obviously including yesterday. So that's a, that's a hell of a record. After you just look up before that, it's just a series of losses. So after they got over their sort of disappointment in Europe, they seem to have come together and playing like the team they were last year. Um, yeah, I think we could do with Kuate in the middle. Uh, I don't really see the downside of playing him, to be honest. You know, after he showed his lightning pace the other day with that incredible lung-busting run. I, I, I think he's got everything. I, I really don't see the problem with playing him. And then if, you know, if they are going to play Mayer for any period of time, whether that's from the start or another half hour, um, if him and Luca free him up. So I just, I can't see the downside personally. Well, this is, it's funny, isn't it? Because we haven't had much depth in midfield at all until this season. And now everyone's fit. It's, before we was all complaining that we don't have enough depth at Skiff, but now we're all complaining that not everyone can get game time. I know, I can't decide what I want to moan about. Maybe I'll just moan about not knowing what to moan about. <laughs> I'll always find a way. But uh, we were talking about, before we started recording, uh, Chris Woods got six in eight. Ashley Barnes has got four in four, and um, that Brighton twat loves a loves a goal against us, doesn't he, Heskiff? Yeah, he does, and I can't stand him. I just his face annoys me. I'm saying talking now, my face is screwed up because I can't stand him. Um, and I've already been told again by Miserable Dave that he's going to score uh, against us on Saturday and then give it to us. You know, score in front of us and give it to us, and I can just visualise it and it's wound me up. Yeah, but as I've said in the past on this pod, I, you know, respects respects on hire to Ashley Barnes for keeping that you know, no hatred from his Brighton time. Um, it shows that he bought into the rivalry, so I love that. Um, against United, um, conceded from one corner, should have conceded from a couple of other corners as well, Mike. Um, and that's one of Bernie's very very strong points. That's worrying, isn't it? Um, they've scored they've scored more and more goals recently as well um, for a side that last season I, they, I can't think of the stats I've found but you know there's a lot of 1-0 wins they're ground out and stuff they've, they've added it to their game um, I just sort of I long for those days where we were the, the best defenders at set pieces in the league a couple of years ago and look at us now yeah. Um, was, yeah. I was talking about that at a game actually with um, James who stands next to me we was talking about our defending from set pieces under Tony Pulis and that the only the only set piece we conceded under Tony Pulis was um, Joe Allen scoring a header and that's because he's five foot six and no one picked him up because he just wasn't con- considered to be a threat and um, and now it just seems like uh, we could concede from every set piece that flies into our penalty area yeah and that's the one thing I'd say in favour of getting done and he just seems to command things a little bit more when it comes to set pieces but that might just be me I don't know 
Yeah, and I, I think it's another thing that we've never really recovered from losing Glenn Murray with that defending at the near post. He was so good at defending set pieces at the near post well, and clearing got, anything out. Of got, it's cool. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he he actually did all right at defending the near post a couple of weeks ago, but um, you know he's not on the field all the time. That's the problem. We have got too much depth, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't 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 know who's a put on there. Um, but I don't know. Talking of you, do you, do you feel like he can feel aggrieved that he's not, you know, didn't get a chance against United? Um, you know, he's obviously robbed the ball in his only real chance of doing anything in the game at Leicester to set up Zaha's goal. Um, no, no, still no. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's had a few good games, but. You just look at our squad on paper and you think Jordan Ayew should not be anywhere near the first 11. Um, you know, okay, he set up that fourth goal when Leicester were pushing forward and giving loads of space and barely caring about defending. But no, it's just he should be there if there's a load of injuries and that's about it. Oh, Heskey, if I set him up royally there, didn't I? <laughs> just lit, lit the fuse and let him go. <laughs> no, I didn't realise you felt so passionately about uh, about Jordan, Mike. Well, I've I've kept it to myself, have I? Um, yeah, I've I've not got anything against him. It's just you know we've got better players. Mm, yeah, he's not even the best Jordan of his name to play for the club in recent years. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. <laughs> that is harsh, and also just not true in the slightest. Um, right, so prediction wise for this, we've got um, the poll that went out was um, can I asked the question can Palace bounce back at Turf Moor? 37% of people gone for another away win, 29% a hard-earned draw, and 34% going for I hate Ashley Barnes. So um, that's a pretty even spread across the three results there. Uh, Will Hamilton's gone 4-0 Burnley. Uh, <laughs> I saw him at Doncaster, Will Hamilton, and he said, um, you're always saying that I'm joking with my predictions, but I'm not. I'm being deadly serious. So uh, apparently he thinks that um, it's going to be 4-0 Burnley. And Tim Green... Um, said voted for an away win uh, but I'll take a point we'll grind ourselves grind ourselves to safety one way or another um Mike what's what's the score going to be enlighten us uh I'm assuming that whatever I say you're going to correct me by telling me what I put in the uh, score predictions um <laughs> I would like to see four points from Burnley and Brighton so um I would like to see us take a point and then get three against Brighton so I'll go one all one all, and um, you have put nothing. Oh no, wait, hang on, that was for Leicester. You put uh, United. You put two two, which is you actually said to me last night. You've put three one on your Super Sixty United, so you got that right. Yeah, no, that's, that's five five points from a Super Six. Yeah, well happy, yeah. <laughs> uh, well happy, and you put two one for Burnley in this one. Heskiff, what are you going for? Um, I'm going one all as well which I'd, I'd definitely take at this point, to be honest. Uh, like Mike, I want to get four points. Oh, I'll be happy with four points in the next two games. Obviously, I'd love to get six. Uh, but I think I just Burnley look back to the sort of form they were in last year when they were sort of overachieving, if you want. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough game. And if we get a draw, I'll be pretty happy yeah. with that. Uh, and I think Luca's going to okay. score. Um, I've actually gone for a 2-2, which is kind of bucking the trend here. Pretty much um, reading across, there's one, two, three, four, five, one, one predicted um, across the board. And I've gone 2-2 two, two, and we've got a nil one in there as well. well from just, all. just looking at their entire season in every competition, 
Uh, Burnley haven't pulled off a Desmond at all in any game. So, yeah, oh no, sorry, no one. Man United two, Burnley two. There you go. But it's always very um, high-scoring games for us at Turf Moor. They always tend to yeah. dig out a goal. So, um, so I'll go two two, and obviously, yeah, Luca will get one, and Batshuayi will get the other. There you go, and. Um, Zaha will wind up the locals as he always does. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's all the predictions. Um, obviously, Albert Curley can't provide one this week because he's away on holiday again. No, and um, yeah, so we've got to be looking to get something, I think, and a point will be good. And I think that sums it up nicely, Mike, saying that four points from those two games is what we should be looking for. And hopefully that will be the haul that we get. We'll be back after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, that's your lot for this week. Mike, thank you for standing in. Are you going to be available next week as well? Uh, yeah, oh, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, why not? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a pleasure. I'll join you again next week. Well, no, yeah. Hesky, if that sounded sort of convincing. Yeah, we, we haven't got a gun to his head or anything. <laughs> they're, they're treating me well. Yeah. Everything is fine. <laughs> I'll be here next week. <laughs> well, thanks for both for joining and talking about that. Um, frustrating. We, we will beat Manchester United one time. We will do. Um, obviously, the review show will be back on Sunday, as you heard earlier up there. So make sure you tune into that. And uh, while you're at it, head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating so we can jump up the searches for Crystal Palace on there so more people can listen to us. Um, sad that we lost to United, but going into Burnley with with positivity, especially with Wilf getting into the form he's in. And um, I know I said 2-2 two, two in my prediction, but hopefully we can nick a result up there that's a little bit more positive than that. So until next time, up the Palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.